Welcome to the Indian Journal of Law and Public Policy podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the second season of the IGLPP podcast. I'm your host Pranav Tawar, consulting editor at IGLPP. Here we discuss major happenings of the legal and policy field. Today, for the fifth episode, we have a very special guest and a very interesting field of law to discuss mr tarun singh assistant professor research at gujarat national law university and member at gnlu center for sports and entertainment law and we are going to discuss sports law with him uh, thank you mr tarun for taking out time and i welcome you to the show thank you very much pranav you know it feels so great to talk to you after i think 5 years or something uh, last time i think we met was 2015 uh, for everybody pranav and i are from the same university uh so it's great to be here thank you very much for inviting me and i'm looking forward and as a disclaimer you know i am an arsenal fan and mr tarun is actually a real madrid fan so if you hear me share anything about you know how obemyang is best in epl or hear mr tarun defend how hazard is not a bad signing you know why it was said so that's true but you know I, there is no comparison i don't know why are you comparing real madrid and arsenal because there is no comparison at all so don't even try that don't even demean us How, how will you judge this season for Galacticos? A mixed year, perhaps, right? You won the league but couldn't go through with the UCL. Then there is no competition. We are giving opportunities to other people to, you know, at least come close to us, which I don't think so is going to happen specifically by an English club. Only team uh, playing in Europe Cup right now from England is Arsenal's women team. So I'm just proud about that. Now you can tell this to yourself to make yourself happy, and I'm sure you know it's working for you. But let's not compare the Real Madrid and Arsenal. It's terrible for us. Please don't do that. Okay. No, personally, you know, I have never been a fan of clubs which have huge wealth in top tier teams in Europe. But you know, for whatever dislike I may have for Real Madrid, I will have to accept they have embarrassed clubs in last few years. So many UCL titles and then consecutive titles too. But you know, I I want I want this line to you know go viral. This should be the line of the show where an Arsenal fan is saying that Real Madrid is the best club. Thank you. Thank you very much. in the last few years they certainly have embarrassed other clubs by winning so many ucl titles so you know but but one thing that goes another way with real madrid and england is their ability to handle england the players which come from epl so i mean you handled ronaldo and even bale so well initially but now hazard is underperforming and bale is preferring you know golf over real madrid so you know let's see i think i think real madrid has to do some kind of thinking in terms of hazard and bale and let's just see i'm very hopeful that next season you know we'll get all the trophies that we run for and uh, i'm you know i can just keep my fingers crossed yeah so, i wish we could carry on with that conversation for some for some other podcast maybe yeah right so let, let's switch from your fan side to the professional side of sports so beginning with a slight background to your professional life before we move to legal developments we know you are a die hard fan of football and passionately follow other sports too what was the thing that made you pick it up on the professional side as well uh, so pranav uh, i've always been a sports enthusiast and uh, i've been actually very lucky because my father my mother and my sister i are huge um you know sports fans as well uh, my mother and my sister played professional sport for some time uh, my father loves you know was very encouraging actually when it comes to sports and outdoor activities and at the uh, ug level and the pg level um uh, i represented my universities in football as you mentioned before so this love uh you know i thought that this love for sport and my education which was law why not mix this up uh, you know my passion and my education uh so here i am you know been more than 4 years now 
into academics it's been very exciting you know i've met some very exciting people professionals and students uh, who share the same passion so you know this the journey has been beautiful recently you also posted on linkedin and you also submitted a research report to the legal department of government of gujarat about sports governance and policy in india so if you could tell us more about it and if possible any findings in it so what we did was that we took 14 uh, olympic playing nations apart from india uh, and okay. uh, since 1992 and we you know we made them we put them into type a type b and type c categories uh, in terms of the medals they have won and their growth Uh, and we had these six indicators administrative indicators which were you know about their process uh, what kind of transparency they have what kind of structures they have and we compared it with the indian structure and then in the end of the report we have said that what kind of things indian you know sports uh, industry can take from these organ- you know these international teams or these international nation these nations i'm sorry uh, and see how we can modify and put these uh, things in the indian context so the report is huge uh, if anybody wants to have a read you know they can write to me and i can share the report with them uh, but it was a very very good journey very enriching one actually okay so sounds really intensive work and interesting and i think it's a very fascinating opportunity to interact with government so now you know moving on to the more basic of the sports law even for me i am a complete novice in this field i probably understand it from arbitration and dispute resolution purposes but that too limitedly so if you could you know explain what does sports law as an academic and as a branch of legal profession entail so why i'm saying it's a, you know if i were to do some course in this area what are the main issue areas laws and or authorities one gets to learn in this field of law uh so sports law uh, pranav actually covers issues that arise while preparing and executing a sporting event to be you know to keep it very simple uh, there can be contractual issues you know the transfer market is on as you know and everybody who follows sp- football uh, you know the transfer market is on so a lot of contractual matters come up you know you've got do- doping issues gender inequality the us women soccer team case um, Uh, is a must read in this area and so on and so forth and because uh, sports law is a mixture of various laws and how they operate in a sporting environment it is imperative uh, to have a decent amount of grip on other law subjects and that is something that i want to tell every sports law enthusiast out there uh, you know we have got a very wrong perception that uh, if we know sports law you know that's more than enough uh, no it doesn't function that way so, you know uh, if you don't uh, have a decent amount of grip on other law subjects and other law subjects i mean con- contracts you know uh, human rights so on and so forth uh, it will be a very very turbulent ride and i i'm giving you know i'm saying this out of an out of out of a personal experience uh, because i faced the same problem when i thought of pursuing sports law i was not very good at you know a lot of subjects and now when i want to write something or read about it or you know have to go for a lecture i find myself in a very uncomfortable space because i'm not very aware of the basics of that particular law so i urge everybody to be uh, to have some kind not saying you know you have to have an in depth knowledge of each and every subject it's you know next to impossible but to have you know that basic understanding of all the law subjects that are taught to you in your law schools which is very important clearly it seems a very vibrant and cross sectional nature with other disciplines so one thing that you talked about was the gender gap issue i mean america and we saw the campaign by megan rapino in the fifa world cup as well so you have written pieces on the gender gap in payment or participation in sports and also about inter intergender matches 
if you could brief on the issue areas when we talk about this uh, you know because a lot of people take it directly to the feminism issue but i think it's much more broad than that and what do you think are the solutions on it uh you know the issue has to has a lot to do with society pranav um, and how we perceive women's sports uh we have to you know remove participation barriers you know i'm not very sure how many people and i'm i'm not i'm not going to talk about the villages or the semi urban you know areas of the nation i'm i'm going to talk about the urban areas as well so i am not very sure uh, you know about how many people promote uh, you know their daughters their wives their Uh, you know uh, their daughters and their wives to play sport and that has been a major issue that has been you know the major issue and because of that uh, you know there have been investment issues uh, uh, that needs to be taken care of you have to remove participation barriers as i mentioned a lot of ground uh, root awareness um, grassroots awareness needs to be done money needs to be put in uh, so that you know women sport can be so you know can be can reach to that uh, uh you know that that uh, that profit uh and women's sport becomes a profit earning uh, uh you know entity which you know you look at the IPL and the ISL you know big money is involved and wherever possible as you mentioned before promote mixed gender leagues and when i say mixed gender leagues i'm not only talking about male and female but i'm also talking about the third gender which is very important now you know you have to bring all these three together and do these mixed gender league wherever possible i'm you know i understand there are few sport where maybe right now we are not ready for mixed gender leagues but wherever possible we also have mixed gender matches you've got you know in tennis and badminton uh, recently in india the northeast futsal league was a mixed gender league and such you know in tournaments are very interesting they are very profitable because they are very unique in nature and it helps in skill development a lot of people say that you know women and men sports cannot happen together because of there's a huge skill uh, you know uh, skill the skill levels are very different and i understand you know maybe to some extent this might be correct uh, but if you you know if it's correct why not come together and you know try to improve each other's skill you know we and these mixed gender leagues are very very important for that so ideas are there pranav and i hope to see you know women sports reaching to the you know to the top it's going to be a long journey uh, you know the women's uh, us women's soccer team did it unfortunately they couldn't uh, you know get the desired result but i think at least it you know set the ball rolling which is very important the debate has to be there and i think now uh, after so many years of independence in india you know after so many years of humanity for that matter we have to come out of this taboo where you know women's sport is not taken very seriously okay so i think you talked about two major issues which acts as barrier for women or intergender matches including third gender which is you know awareness and second is the profit side as to you know promotion of their games but there is one article which you wrote for iglpp itself about you know biased media coverage of women's sports so if you could you know just enlighten how media is also playing an active role in not promoting women's role in sports yeah so you know this is for everybody who watches this podcast i'll request everyone to you know just pick up any newspaper or any open any uh, media channel i'm talking about domestic i'm not going to go into international even international the situation is quite similar and see how much of women's sport is covered how much was for example uh, you know uh, a women a women's all women's tournament is covered in india and you know one will understand what kind of coverage is there there have been a number of studies by various organizations where you know various universities i don't have the exact data now but i i think uh, 
the coverage uh, you know goes to if if you compare the men's and the women's coverage i think uh, the whole allotted the whole air the whole air time which a particular channel gets only 2% or 3% of that you know time is given to women's sport uh, which is absolutely uh, you know uh, how should i put it it's very sad uh, so media has a very important role to play in terms of grassroots you know in terms of reaching out to people telling them about what women's sport is uh you know you see you, let's just take an example of the ipl see what kind of media rights you know media houses get you know put in to get the rights to showcase ipl uh the, the same amount the same amount of enthusiasm has to be shown for women's sport and i understand a lot of people say or a lot of media houses also say that we don't do it because there is no fan following but as far as the data is there i don't think the fan following is so low Uh, I can speak of the the I think if I'm not wrong the 2015 uh, US versus Japan football match if I'm not wrong uh, uh, of the FIFA Women's FIFA World Cup I think it was it was the highest watched watched match in the history of US sport uh, though I want to confirm this data but I think this was the data so uh, the whole fan uh, love for a particular thing or you know the following for a particular thing I don't think it's so low. uh media houses have to play a very active role in this and i'm sure they will you know as soon as you start thinking that you know women's sport is also a huge um uh you know it's a it's a very profitable organization it's a very profitable entity i think everybody will start showing their interest in that see one of the issues when we talk about gender in other laws is about you know neutrality of laws with respect to gender so you must have you know interacted with Uh, you know must have you know ex- expose yourself to different sports laws so do you think that law in itself are still not you know centric to such kind of intergender matches or role of women in sports as well uh, yeah of course you know if so look at the end of the day sport is something that comes out of the society and if you know society in general thinks that a number of laws uh, you know j- let's just say the gender oriented laws are not very uh, uh you know are not very society society societal friendly then it's going to impact sports as well uh so you know as soon as you make these amendments these important amendments in laws which can impact society which you know helps women uh, have their rights i think it's going to automatically help women athletes as well so you know for example if there is sexual harassment laws or any other law for that matter uh you know if you if we strengthen those laws for general you know public it's going to help the athletes as well because athletes come from you know from the society itself so you talked about the relevance of awareness and i think awareness as an argument is very foundational and very much important for reforms in any field so one petition was actually filed in the supreme court for consideration of sports as a fundamental right under article 21a of the constitution and you mentioned the same in the article which i mentioned that you wrote for iglpp and for the listeners you must check it out on our featured blog articles it's a fantastic piece on biased media coverage and i will attach actually the link in the description too so now coming back to the question of awareness how do you how relevant do you feel such kind of petitions are and do you see such any merit in declaring sports as a fundamental right a oh, very relevant and extremely important uh, you know uh, what has happened is that unfortunately till now sport has uh, only you know sports is only considered to be a source of entertainment and leisure and the kind of seriousness it deserves hasn't been given to sports uh, and a lot of people say that it's only about you know entertainment and leisure actually sports defines cultures look at the european football you know we were discussing arsenal some you know a country which is miles away from india 
uh, a city i'm sorry which is miles away from india real madrid you know is miles away from india but both of us today you know started the podcast with you know with the i with, with the the friendly banter uh, of arsenal and real madrid so it it's not you know just an entertainment source it defines us and you know uh, look at look how the european football scene is even in india for that matter you know we saw uh, you know fans you know heartbreaks of fans when dhoni announced his uh, retirement recently you know every, we saw how proud we were when pv sindhu or maricom won medal at the olympics for us i mean this is not because of entertainment you know for people you know they they connect and the connect is very deep and intense and this connection has to be promoted and i think this petition you know bringing sports under 21a is something which uh, is a is a brick in developing you know in the development of this uh, in promotion of this um, love for sport uh, and i want to see how you know we take up i think the new education policy has has a lot of lot of it speaks a lot about sports and promotion of sports in school and college level and uh, this can only be done when such kind of serious you know such seriousness is attached to it and putting it under law i think will bring that kind of seriousness So one question which has been like a constant for me in all episodes of second season is the impact of coronavirus. So in European football or elsewhere in any sport we are seeing new initiatives to mold how sports are played. Even chess tournaments are now happening online. So what is your opinion and observations on the impact of covid on sports? Uh, you know it has been very detrimental uh, you know like every other industry sport has also suffered due to covid a uh, livelihood issues have come in uh, i'm not talking about elite athletes here, though they've also been they've also suffered so i don't want to make uh, you know i don't want to create that difference uh, but we have a huge chunk of athletes who who's you know whose future seems to be quite unpredictable because of covid you know the olympics were postponed a number of other tournaments have been postponed uh, one of the biggest you know celebration you know which is the ipl in india that has been postponed that has been taken to not postponed now it has the venue has been shifted to uae it was postponed earlier and now it's going to happen in uae so you know the indian sporting industry is at, is on a halt at right now which is not good at all the government you know the private bodies pranav uh, the federations now have to develop a vision plan so that damage control can be done it was unexpected uh, you know nobody had control over it but let's just be honest that the government structures in sports uh, needs serious attention and i'm not talking talking about you know because now because covid has hit in general also it needs a lot of attention uh, liquidation is a problem you know we don't have liquid money to pump in into the sporting industry uh, Uh, the federations were not ready for such kind of situation uh, corruption is one of the a major issue that is there in you know in the governance structure and it's not only about sports it's for any governance structure for that matter but also because we are sp- speaking about sports uh, uh, and but covid ha- you know and now has forced us to take these issues very seriously i'm looking forward as to what will be done um, and how will we respond to it but this is the time to you know create new models and it's a best opportunity for everyone to give sports governance a new look which will help all the stakeholders the athletes specifically the support staff which we you know unfortunately we forget about them the coaches you know the ball boy the ball girl or any other staff for that matter uh, i don't see people debating about what about their livelihoods an athlete you know has an opportunity in terms of advertisement or in terms of media appearances and that is continuing you know it's still continuing on on various online platforms but think about a coach who has no other you know 
uh, what you, no other qualification but to be a coach. I, there, there are a number of coaches now, you know, who have lost their jobs, uh, and you know, we don't know if they will ever get it or how soon they'll get it. So, it though you know this this, this scenario right now is extremely extremely uh, troublesome, uh, but. Uh, it has opened a lot of opportunities for us to revisit our governance structure. Okay, so like talking about this, uh, you know, re, uh, looking back at our governance structure, do you think, like for example, why I'm asking this question is that uh, when we talk about some other field of law, we are seeing amendments and ordinances coming out in order to support different sectors. I was talking to uh, Mr. Sagar Singham City just in our last to last episode about how in aviation sector they are providing different kinds of bailout packages so but we are not seeing similar kind of you know neither government support nor i don't like it may be because of my limited knowledge neither any activism on the side of sports you know to ask for a support from the government is there any projection of such covid slowdown on sports law as well and can this uh, you know bailout packages help of course, you know, if there is a bailout package, uh, it's going, I think there is one which I just got to know about recently, um, I was reading for another panel discussion that I was on, uh, you know, that there are uh, some packages which the government has announced. Um, I don't know how far we have reached in terms of implementation. Uh, uh, another important thing, you know, which you mentioned, the federations and the associations have to be, have to play a major role now, you know, they have to be strengthened. Uh, right, the right people have to be, you know, put in places uh, so that they can come up and, you know, develop an internal revenue generation, you know, forum. You've got the BCCI, for example, you will see what amount of money it makes. So I'm very sure that a lot of elite athletes in terms of elite cricketers, you know, when I say athletes, I mean, mean cricket, I mean, you know, I meant cricketers, they, they might not face that kind of situation, which may be, you know, somebody who plays Kabaddi, you know, not at the elite level, but at the, the domestic level has to face. So it's not only about the government packages, but, you know, the federations and the associations also have to step in now. Uh, I want to really see what the government package is going to be in terms of sport. Uh, right now, I'm not, you know, I can't recall of any, but if there is any, uh, I want to see how it gets implemented and how it helps our athletes and our support staff. So, you know, as the last question of this podcast, uh, a lot is happening in the sports field and you yourself has been very active in this field. So what are the future projects and areas you are planning to work on? First of all, you know, I'm, I have to, by January uh, and February, I have to finish my second master's, which, which is going on, which is another LLM in sports law and practice from B. Montfort. So that is my major uh, you know, project, which I have to finish. Uh, recently, I've got another grant from the government of Gujarat to work on a project which is on athlete legal education program. Uh, so that's another, you know, uh, project that I'm working on. Regularly, I'm trying to write papers in the area of sports law and policy. Uh, and I'm looking actually for collaboration. So, you know, through this podcast, if anybody, whoever listens to this podcast or any sports law enthusiast out there, if you want to collaborate for any article, for any uh, research project, I'll be more than happy to do that. So you know it's it, you know i'm looking forward for such collaborations so i think those are very really you know, really exciting ideas that you are going to work in and i and it's much anticipated as well it's especially in the field of sports so i'm sure people interested in the field would love to follow up on your work and contact you in case they want to collaborate on any research project absolutely i'm looking forward okay so i think on that note we can end this podcast unless you have anything to say in conclusion, you know, I have one thing to say that before you end this podcast, you have to shout Hala Madrid for everybody and specifically for me.
no no i can't i can't see i'm the host of the podcast i decide what has to be discussed perfect perfect it was a pleasure pranav uh, thank you everybody uh, you know all the members of team igelpp it was absolutely a pleasure and an honor thanks to our listeners uh, for listening to this week's episode at the igelpp podcast we really enjoyed talking to mr tarun about a very important and interesting side of the law we especially liked when he talked about the vibrancy in the field about contractual obligations doping gender equality and especially about promotion of mixed gender league with inclusion of third gender so for more legal readings or if you'd like to reach out to us visit iglpp.com we are into our 12th issue and volume 7 issue 1 is now accepting entries check our website to know more details on submissions may arsenal win this premier league see you next week <laughs> thank you for listening to the podcast do not forget to check our website for more updates and legal articles you can follow us on twitter facebook and linkedin See you next time.